silky. Silky smooth. Silky smooth. That's a hell of an introduction. The song's called Freak Me. Well, I guess it's it's the fitting. Most fitting song. Yeah, I guess it's fitting. <laughs> okay, so guys, my name is Rajiv Nathan. His name is Martin McGovern. We're the founders of Idea Lemon, and this is our Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast, the show that you listen to so you can kick ass at life by listening to really dope conversations about deep life stuff. Uh, I think Silky the, song. The, the Freak Me intro there by a guy named Silk is fitting because in this episode, we sit down with Jen Cushell, who's the founder of Your Success Now, or YSN for short. She helps connect uh, young entrepreneurs to the opportunities that they need to be successful on a global level. And that's what YSN does. And why does Freak Me work? Well, because we recorded the podcast in her home and while sitting on her shag rug. Oh, it was the most comfortable carpet I've ever sat on. <laughs> and why are we in her home in L.A., in Marina Del Rey, in Venice Beach? Kind of that rhymed. Uh, <laughs> Wrap it up. Because we're on a six-week road trip, an epic six-week road trip, might I add, all across the country, starting in Chicago, headed out to the northwest, down the coast, through Texas, New Orleans, Nashville, and back. We're in L.A. right Driving now. Driving down the 404. We took the 405 to the Four, 101. 405? I don't Yeah, some road. <laughs> and this podcast, this season season two of our podcast, is our road trip where we're meeting these people face-to-face, connecting with these cool entrepreneurs, artists, musicians, even athletes, and it's it's been really fun so far. So this conversation is with Jen Cushell. Again, she founded YSN, Your Success Now, and she's been in the game for a while. And we talked about something that's, I think, affected the three of us pretty uh in different ways her probably more so because she's been in it longer than we have uh but it's something that i know martin and i've been thinking about very recently as we're kind of out of our routine as we're on this road trip and the topic for this episode is how do you stay tenacious so i know many of you you're working on either that passion project got that hustle or maybe it's just it's it is your business or maybe it's your job and it's tough to kind of keep that fire and stay tenacious when you don't necessarily know an end game. So that's what our conversation was around. It was really fun. Uh, probably the most casual one we've had, considering we were sitting on a shag and considering rug. considering we were holding a spear. Drinking drinks. Yeah, and we had her Maasai warrior spear in hand from Morocco. So she's traveled all over the world. So we had some cool travel stories come out of that. Anyways, before we dive into our conversation, if you ain't heard yet, our road trip and our podcast is in partnership with an amazing travel community known as Under 30 Experiences. If you don't know them, check them out. They take like-minded young adults on trips all around the world. So you get to see the world at an affordable price with really cool people who you'll stay friends with forever. Um, we've got we've made some really cool friends out of it. Shout out to like Liz and Nicole. John, Alina, and all the people we've Jason, been at the meetups across Xander. the country. Yeah, we've been hosting meetups for under thirty experiences on our road trips. So they do some awesome feet, trips. The right two lanes to take <laughs> There's our maps going off to help me drop Martin off at the airport. LAX airport. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, they do awesome trips, and if you have, we wouldn't be promoting them if we didn't love them. Just, just so to help you guys get out and see the world. They've given us a promo code for you, our listeners. So go to under30experiences.com and enter the promo code IDEA LEMON. That's all one word. Use for the right to take exit <laughs> Thanks, Maps. For $100 off your next booking, IDEA LEMON at under30. So IDEA LEMON is the promo code and it's at under30experiences.com. So if you want to go to like Ireland, Bali, Nicaragua, Belize, Costa Rica, uh, Peru, Brazil, there's a couple more I'm forgetting. Nicar- I think I said Nicaragua. Just do what we did, stop thinking about it, and go travel. <laughs> and it's amazing. It. Now keep it silky smooth and spicy, and we will see you on the other side. This is our conversation with Jen Cushell talking, how do you stay tenacious? Uh, I recently quit my job to do this full time, and uh, that with that comes a lot of like ups and downs, obviously. And the first thing, it was a very tangible thing. I had to plan this road trip and go on this road trip. And now that we're on the road trip, we have things that we're doing every day. But, you know, I'm looking at other people's businesses online. Now I'm, you know, trying to emulate and really kind of elevate our, our business up to where other people are at. But they're, everyone's, you know, starts at a different time and is constantly moving forward from wherever they're at. So, you know, we just talked with the Art of Charm guy and he's obviously like way further ahead than we are. And... Uh, you kind of get this idea in your head. It's like, I'm not doing enough. And 
uh, I'm trying to balance the I'm not doing enough feeling with also, also just like, you know, the things that you need to do today. So I, I had extremely tangible goals of like plan this road trip and now it's a little more ambiguous. Now it's how do we grow this company? What do we need to do next? Things of that sort, which are a little harder to wrap your head around and feel like you're making progress when they're kind of more future focused goals. So that's kind of where my head's at. And obviously it's been a whirlwind. So uh, with this trip, so it's not like every day is the same routine and I can kind of be like, all right, here's the plan for the day. It's always something new and, and kind of keeping that sort of tenacity or whatever it is that we're trying to talk about here uh, going while also keeping a balance, I think, mm -hmm. is something I'm, I'm working through. Yeah. Well, I mean, first and foremost, don't be so hard on yourself. I mean, you've just made a massive life transition. You've jumped into this incredible project. And as far as not knowing, you know, if feeling like you're doing enough, your goals changed. You set out to do this great project and now you're looking at building a company and that's a different process. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's a different set of things you have to do. So of course it's overwhelming, you know, but once you make that shift, then you get a clear list of what you need to do and every day is gonna be an adventure and every day you're gonna learn something different and you're gonna fail at something every so often. But and you'll come back from other countries with spears. Yes. <laughs> In case anyone screws with you. <laughs> well, that's what you can do anytime you, you know, a business deal might go south. You can just whip out the warrior, the Maasai warrior. Yeah, spear. exactly. Exactly. You sure you want to say that? Yeah. A friend of mine gave me a giant like hunting knife. I don't know why. I had a friend who was a big knife person and he gave me this giant knife that's probably about two feet long. And so when I got on really nasty business calls that were really hard, I'd put it on my desk and just have it in front of me to remind myself that I was strong and I could. There's ah. this great story of, <laughs> of Arnold when he was the governor. Yeah. And uh, they were like doing this press shoot and he was standing there with like this massive knife. And they're like, Arnold, aren't you going to put the knife away? We're about to start filming. And he goes, no, they want to see the knife. <laughs> <laughs> They want to see the knife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they want to see it. <laughs> well, but it's little tricks like that that I think sometimes we just have to do for ourselves, whether it's playing music that you know gets you excited. We used to listen to Eminem all the time before we go into big meetings. Nice. You know, or if you're getting on a call where you feel like you're, you know, you're not strong enough or you're not gonna be able to stand up for yourself the way you need to, you know, I put a big knife in front of me and just I watch that while I'm talking and it reminds me that I'm stronger than I realize. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I think we all need little tricks like this to Yeah. Well even like through. yesterday we were on the phone with uh, one of our clients that we're doing some consulting for and we were working with them about like pr them practicing their company pitch. Yeah. And Martin was on the phone. He's like, All right, I want you guys on your end of the phone to stand. He's like, I'm standing right now. I want you guys to stand right now because it's gonna bring way more energy into this conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is already awkward enough trying to just like have mock conversations with you and, yeah. and like ask you questions and see how you respond, you need to get up and move around. Yeah. Like you need to be, pretend you're in the room with me trying mm -hmm. to talk this through. Nice. Yeah. I also, okay, so on the point of the whole like, we're out of a routine on this road trip thing and things are more ambiguous now versus before in planning the road trip, I think a lot of the frustration of that comes from constantly like stargazing at what are other people doing right so mm -hmm. i know so yesterday when we were talking to jordan harbinger from art of charm yeah. he was we had like a portion of the conversation about like yeah you can jack off to what other people are doing all you want but at the end of the day you still have to do things yourself mm -hmm. and i really resonated with that because i know like i rarely am reading like the inc.com articles mm -hmm. and the forbes articles I'm just worried about okay what do I want to do what do I need to do versus what are other people doing and why aren't I doing that as well but I know on your end Martin like because you're kind of like the research guy in this dynamic duo you're always doing that I don't mean that in a bad way you're always looking at that kind of stuff and that probably contributes to feeling like you're not doing enough because you look at so like our friend Daniel D. Piazza from Rich 20 something right like he's as he said on our show, when we did it last week, he's on the verge of a seven-figure business. So we can't possibly be doing the things he's doing day-to-day -day when we're not at that point. But we will be at that point. But also, you're setting yourself to be a me too. You're setting yourself up to be a me too. Look at, you know, mm. are you trying to be like everyone else? Are you trying to use them as your model? Or are you trying to create something new and fresh? Mm -hmm. That's what's going to make you special. It's what makes you different, not what makes you the same. So I think all of us, whether you're building a company, a podcast, whether you're starting your career... 
if we get too wrapped up in what other people are doing, we start trying to model ourselves after other people and forget about who we are and what we want mm -hmm. and why we've set out to do the things we're doing in the first place. And I think that's really important. It's great to have models and see what people are doing. But at the end of the day, what are you setting out to achieve? Who are you serving? What kind of response are you trying to elicit? What, what are you offering that no one else is? Those are the things to stay hyper-focused on. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you look at other people, look at the business models, look at the process, look at the strategies that they've used and try to reverse engineer them and put as many into work as you, many to work to, as you can, but at the same time, don't use them as a model necessarily. They're yeah. the best practices. They're... Well, that's yeah. why, like, so after we did that podcast yesterday with Jordan, uh, we ended up talking for I don't know how long about like one of the things he had said and does that conflict with what we're doing kind of thing. And granted, I was tired as hell, so I was already grumpy. <laughs> but but in my I didn't say it, but in my mind, I was like, I don't really give a shit what one guy thinks about one portion of what we're doing. Like he can have his opinion, fine. But I'm not going to try and reorganize everything that we're doing and we've built because one person said it's, you know, he made an off offhand comment that happens to conflict with what we're doing as a business. For whatever it's worth, a couple of years ago, we, we had this grand idea with YSN to build it as a professional social network for young people. We figured everyone's struggling to tell their story. Who are they? How do you package yourself, present yourself to the world? We raised $5 million and built big offices and hired all these expensive people and everything. And every step of the way as we were raising that money, everyone had a different opinion on what we should be doing. And we kept scurving, you know, swerving in one direction and the other and the other. And at the end of the day, we ran out of runway and the market collapsed. Mm -hmm. And I wish looking back that we had stayed more confident in our own vision and not tried to satisfy all these other people's ideas because no one knows your business more than better than you do. Mm -hmm. No one knows your customer base better than you do. And it's very hard to maintain the courage and the confidence to stay true to that. And especially when other people are writing you big checks. You know, you've got to bend to some extent. And yes, it's, you can get very valuable information and ideas and criticisms from other people. But at the same time, it's a real delicate balance. And having gone through $5 million trying to make a lot of other people happy, I do wonder sitting here today mm -hmm. if it wouldn't have been better if we had stuck to exactly what we thought, what we knew from our own audience and plowed forward with that. What were the differences between what they were saying and what you should have probably been doing? Like, what were they trying to push you to create versus what you kind of knew, even if it's looking back? I mean, one of the big things is when you start to get money, people want to see your numbers climb quickly. And I'm sure that's true for your podcast, too. And oftentimes, there are very cheap and kind of sleazy ways to build your numbers and or even just things that just aren't authentic to your audience. And when you're creating content, when you're building relationships with people through media, I, I'm a huge fan of being adding as much value as you possibly can and building organically and making sure that you're maximizing the value you're giving because people's time is valuable. Mm -hmm. Listening to your podcast is a valuable part of someone's day, you know, that they could be doing anything else with. So I, I was always torn between trying to satisfy demands of people saying, oh, you only have 25,000 people, you should have 100,000 people. And I'd sit up at night and stress out about that. But I'm looking at our audience, I'm like, we have 25,000 young leaders and they're in 160 countries. And years later, I was at the State Department and they said, we've never had anything like that. So I, it was just the audience I was dealing with. I was dealing mm -hmm. with Silicon Valley. Yeah investors who weren't doing the business and media who bought and sold companies but they didn't have the experience they didn't know our audience and so figuring out who you take your advice from and who has the context yeah i i, is, I really love the context piece because one of the things we've noticed while doing this road trip as we go into each city like if you work at google in chicago <laughs> it's a big deal mm -hmm. if you work at google in san francisco Everyone works. Everyone in San Francisco. Yeah. It's like, like we went to Facebook and people were like, yeah, it's Facebook. It's a really cool campus, but you know, there's tons of tech startups here. And like, and it's just funny to see like the relativity of what's important to different mm -hmm. people. And uh, one of the things that I've been learning, especially as we've been doing the things that aren't related to the podcast, like this morning, we went to that um, sculpt yoga class and the oh, guy yeah. kicked our ass. And like, 
I got to a point where I couldn't do any more crunches or whatever it was he was trying to get us to do or lifting my leg above my head. And I was like, you know what? All right, this is my part to just modify however I need to modify because I'm a beginner. I can't be comparing myself to the person next to me or to the instructor, which a lot of people will Or do. to me. <laughs> I no, saw, I, I, I saw cramped you out take, a few times. I saw you take Shavasana. I, I, I saw you take Shavasana. <laughs> and, like, and like, that's the point. It's realizing you're a beginner and being okay with the fact that, like, you know, you might be following people who are, you know, at whatever point that they're at, but you, everyone started at, at their own place. Yeah. And, and what I like, I went to a CrossFit gym in, uh, the other day and, and in the Valley the other day. And one of the things that I love so much about it and why my friend brought me there is because they will modify to each person. So instead of just going in like football back in high school, mm -hmm. where everyone has to do the exact same workout, no matter if you're the quarterback or the second string, mm -hmm. you've got people throwing up and they're like priding themselves <laughs> on that. Like that's ridiculous versus the guy sat down and he pulled out another whiteboard and did, his, did a whole nother thing based off of what he saw me being able to do at the beginning and adjusted it throughout. And I thought that was really great because it is about knowing where you're at and being okay and not embarrassed or anything yeah. like that. And appreciating where you are and we're all at a certain place and we're all on a journey and we're all, it's all, it's all relative, mm -hmm. you know? And I think just appreciating where you are at any given point is really powerful. Yeah, well, I've only gone to CrossFit once. I'm only a new CrossFit salesman. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it really is, though. It's like the, the yoga mindset where you, it's your yoga practice. It's yeah. not your yoga game yeah. or like whatever. You, you know, like everything else, yeah. is, which is a sport, or most other things, is there's a winner and a loser yeah. in something like yoga or CrossFit. I don't know if people call it the CrossFit practice, but I know specifically yoga, we call it a yoga yeah. practice. And that is... You, you understand that every day you're still practicing at it even when you're yeah. a teacher you're still practicing at it so there's always something to work towards yeah. and at the same time you know you've made progress from the point you were at before or or you don't sometimes you make progress over time but but maybe you walk in and your balance isn't right mm -hmm. or you don't feel strong one day and i love the what i've one of the things i've learned from yoga that i love is just appreciating okay I'm not in a great place today, but mm -hmm. I'm going to do it anyway, and I'm going to, you know, work through it, and I'm going to give myself more breaks. And but I've started to carry that into business too. I used to beat myself up over you're not doing enough, you're not working hard enough, you're and running myself into the ground all the time. And I know a lot of young entrepreneurs do that. I, you know, I woke up one day and I said, wait a minute, I can't. It's not worth a heart attack. It's not worth cancer. It's not worth losing all quality of life. And it took a long time to get there, but I think. Part of that is just understanding like to appreciate where you are yeah you always want to go further and get better and make more money and make bigger impact and that's all awesome but just like yoga you walk in every day with where you are and you try to get a little bit better but mm -hmm. if you're not feeling strong you're not feeling balanced it's okay because you know that you're there and you appreciate the opportunity to be there yeah like every day i appreciate the opportunity to be in business i appreciate the opportunity to do the work that i do i appreciate the opportunity to travel to take the you know an afternoon and hang out with you guys which we appreciate i love it it's <laughs> awesome i appreciate it you know I, yeah. it's not it's not yet on this road trip we've been able to sit on a shag rug drink some beers and, and do a podcast i can't stop touching it it's so isn't soft. it awesome it's so soft <laughs> and it's flaming red it, it's like uh, it's like, we're in the, like fire orange red it's like we're in the basement in that 70s show nice <laughs> and this snowball is <laughs> yeah. so someone bring out the weed <laughs> We're in Venice. I'm sure you can find plenty. <laughs> we love Endeavor. <laughs> um, no, but I, I think another piece of it is comparing yourself to yourself, right? So one of the you know cliches that people always say is um, don't compare yourself in like workouts to you know Ar Arnold. Let's talk yeah. about Arnold again. Compare yourself to the day before. But uh, there's you know things that happen as you get older, like or get injured or things that, and you just have to keep modifying. So like. I think one of the things that was frustrating me the past couple of days is the fact that I used to pull all-nighters on top of my work mm -hmm. to get everything done. And now I'm like, oh, how am I so tired that I can't even focus? And I'm like, but I, I've also had this you know, three-year period where I've been not trying to do that, not pulling the all-nighters. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, you need to get into a balanced place. You can't do this until you know it all everything runs out. Yeah. And so I think kind of realizing that um, on the one hand, I actually tried to get to this point where when I'm tired, I recognize it and take a step back. But on the other hand, realizing that because of that, 
I'm not going to be pulling these all-nighters where I feel productive. Mm-hmm. Um, regardless of how productive those all-nighters were back in the day, um, that feeling of like, I pulled an all-nighter is gone. Yeah. Because I've balanced my life out a little bit more. And so, um, just because I've lost that feeling doesn't mean I'm not actually getting things done. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the quality of work is something you start thinking about too. Because we can all run ourselves into the ground. We can live on Red Bull. We can you know, do all these crazy things to, to try to constantly be more and more productive. But at the end of the day, you wonder, am I more productive? I'm starting to realize, yeah, if I do sleep a proper night, I, my brain functions differently. Mm-hmm. I can see it. I can see it in the writing. I have to write fewer drafts. I have to sit at the computer less time. You know, we actually made a big business decision last month even with a company we hired based on this alone, self-preservation. We needed a big development project done, and you know, the, all these bids were coming in from all different companies. You know, ranging from extremely high to really low. Well, the really low one was uh, was a development team in Moldova, you know, in Europe, and we realized that their prime time of development is three a.m. And in order to get this project done at a cheaper cost, we would have to be up at three o'clock in the morning for weeks working with them. And we opted to work with a firm in the States instead that was more expensive, much less than the other ones. Mm -hmm. But an amazing group of people that just pulled off miraculous things. But it made it manageable for us in the past week or so. Where in the past when we were working with like Australian development teams, it was impossible. So I think you start to make business choices around that too. So it's really, it sounds like it's really more about... I think this is the same, but like working smart versus working hard. Not that you're not working hard, but it's mm-hmm. it's being more conscious about like what decisions are you making, mm-hmm. and is that long term beneficial and short term beneficial? Exactly, because right? you have to really pace yourself. I mean, when you talk about tenacity, you talk about sticking in there long enough to see it work, making you know failing enough, making enough right decisions to see it through. And to do that, you have to pace yourself. Mm-hmm. And that means that you have to make smarter decisions every day. You can't burn yourself out. You can't run yourself into the ground. And you've got to be more resourceful with your resources, with your time, you know, with your relationships. You have to protect them. So it's, it's kind of all tied together. This is all about staying alive long enough to see what we all dream of happen. That, so that point's key, the sticking with it. Because I, I hate when people will talk about quote unquote being ambitious, but they just like pick up something and drop it within seconds of it not working or, you know, like tried it for a month. No, on to the next thing, whatever. Yeah. Because that's not tenacity. I don't even know what the opposite is or what what the word would be, but it's like... ADD? Yeah, maybe that's (laughs) It's just ADD and that's not, that's absolutely not tenacity. You're, you really do have to understand that not every day and everything mm-hmm. is going to be like a Teletubbies episode. Yeah. Right? Like, well, you know, everyone's happy. The son's a baby oh, laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're just like, yeah, the first, we'll keep the first Teletubby reference. <laughs> One of many to come, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but, but no, it, it so I, I don't know if that metaphor worked, but yeah, it's, it's not a Teletubbies episode. But that's also why it's so critical that you're doing what you love. Yeah. Whether you're working for someone or you're building your own thing, you have to love it. You can't just do it for the market opportunity, for the chance to get rich. Because the stuff you have to do is painful sometimes. The days are get really bad. They get lonely. It gets difficult. And you don't have enough, you can't stick to things like that and be miserable. Mm-hmm. You have to be so passionate about where you're trying to go or the cause, the purpose, that you just keep going every day and you work through these things. That's actually something that came up when we talk about like passion stuff. There's so many different definitions of quote-unquote passion, but I think uh, what a lot of people confuse is the work and the painful, the the pain aspect of actually having to sit down in a room and work Mm -hmm. for many hours with, I'm not passionate about the thing I used to love anymore. Mm-hmm. And separating those two things out, I think is, is really key because if, you, if you're trying to accomplish this, this business that's gonna do X thing in the world, but the day-to-day is just a grind, yeah. you might start thinking that you don't actually want that cause to happen mm-hmm. or you don't want that thing to actually exist, but it really is a separate thing. Work is always work, yep. and passion is tied to outcomes that happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also sometimes you start things and you don't really understand everything you're getting into. And sometimes you go down paths that require your day-to-day work to be something that you didn't expect mm-hmm. or something you, you actually find out you don't like. 
you know, I mean, we did that too. We, we found out big companies liked what we did and we started packaging products for big companies. And that was awesome that Walmart wanted to buy. That was the gold, you know, the gold mine. But the work that had to be done to build a SaaS company, a software as a service company, oh my God, I wanted to blow <laughs> my brains out on a regular basis. Um, we might, you'd be circling back to it a little bit, but smarter. But it, it's, Certain models that you employ require different things you do every day. And for me, being t doing tech development all day, I can do it in short periods, but I'm, I need sun, air, light, people, communications. That's what drives me. Doing technology deciphering and wireframes for too long, I want to blow my brains out. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's, I think it's good to know where you're, you, you, when you do it, you start to figure out what works for you and what doesn't. And you have to make smarter and smarter decisions to make sure you're aligned with not only your purpose, but what you're good at, what you enjoy, what you can do well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And to that point too, of not only doing what you do well, but also sticking with what you do well, I think you find out, so like with the whole doing what you love, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, you find out very quickly if you really love it or not, right? So like our, um, our friend Shannon, shout out to Shannon, who we were staying with in LA, over the past weekend, I didn't know this. So she works in uh, she works in the sports industry. Mm -hmm. um, she puts together the Dodgers highlight packages nice. right now. I think she does Lakers during basketball season, and she works for Time Warner Cable. Nice. And um, like you know, her coworkers are Nomar Garcia Par and Oral Hershiser. Wow, know, baseball legends, right? Which awesome. is really cool for her. And but it's just like another day at the office yeah. for her at the same time. But to get to that point, I didn't know this. But when we were talking, she said she applied to 230 positions across broadcasting and yeah. sports journalism before getting this was 231 and she went for uh, and she's in a top what is it, what is that like number three or number four market in the country like wow. in terms of media right yeah and most people it's like you start out in a top 200 to 500 market in that industry mm -hmm. yeah. and maybe you break into a top you 60. go to idaho first right exactly then, yeah. She didn't go to Idaho. Like she interned in. She, I went to. We went, to, we went to DePaul with her in Chicago. Oh, nice. Yeah, great school. She interned with like NBC there, and she didn't have to go to Idaho at any point. Wow. I mean, not that she wouldn't have if it came up, yeah. but she just stuck with it. She didn't like give up on it. Yeah. And it was not this like linear path to get there either. Mm -hmm. So like she was at DePaul as a freshman. She transferred to Northern Arizona as a sophomore, yeah. and then she came back to DePaul for junior and senior year. And her and I were talking, and she was like, yeah, I mean, so many people were like, you're crazy, what are you doing, and mm -hmm. all this stuff. And she's like, what people don't understand is, like, had I not gone to Northern Arizona, I wouldn't have met so-and-so, who introduced yeah. me to so-and-so at NBC in yeah. Chicago. And then that gave me that on my resume. Yeah. And then I met whoever, and then now I'm, you know, now I'm doing this out here. So that, like, that is the absolute ultimate, like, definition of, I think, tenacity. Because nothing was a given at any point. Things seemed incredibly bleak like mm -hmm. two like i have never applied to 230 anything yeah yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and to, to apply to 230 jobs like that's your career yeah. and still be like i still want to do this well it also speaks to leaving room for the possibilities and the unknowns and i think so much of the good stuff happens in the margins you know i would say like when you when it's six o'clock and there's some mixer you're supposed to go to and you're tired you don't want to go you just want to stay in bed and watch you know tv mm -hmm. it's the stuff you go to that's above and beyond where all the magic happens that's where you meet the cool people it's 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 what happens on the way to our goals that is the cool stuff and i think being open to it and not getting so critical about i'm not there yet i'm not there yet if you kind of relax a little bit and to see what happens along the way that's where the opportunities come that's mm -hmm. where the meetings the you know, it's the stuff we don't plan for. That's really the magic. Yeah, and I think people like people without agendas. Like, for sure. I went to, so I, my last job, the way I got it, um, I was working at my first, the first company I worked at out of college. Mm -hmm. And we had all this vacation time. And I was like, all right, well, most of the time, I, we wait until the end of the year. And then everyone takes their vacation time. And all you do is sit at home. Yeah. Like, you're like, because I can't plan a trip because I don't know when I'm going to use it and all this yeah. other stuff. And so I had all this vacation time and I was like, screw it. I'm going to use this vacation time for something I want to do. There's this big conference that costs $300. I knew my company wouldn't pay for it. Yeah. So I just paid for it out of pocket and just went. And I was like, you know, I'm here by myself. I can mm -hmm. represent myself. I have no real agenda. And I showed up, wandered around and just talked to people. I didn't walk up and say, 
hi, I'm Martin, I'm looking for a job. Yeah. I didn't say, hi, I'm trying to sell you something. Yep. I just walked up and said, what brought you here? Yeah. And that led to these amazing conversations, which led to um, us getting an office space for Idea Lemon for a year wow. for free. And like, uh, it actually led to my next job after that nice. and all this other stuff that came out of it because I truly had no agenda. Mm -hmm. And actually that led to me meeting someone at WBEZ, which actually got us to be and able we were to at their studio yeah. at WBEZ. Nice. Like, and on top of that, you met Sabrina, who covered us in an interview a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And then um, Anastasia, who we stayed with in Denver. Oh, man. Nice. Yeah, it's crazy wow. just to see how, like, if you go into a situation just with open arms to whatever might yeah. come out of it, it might take two, three, four years down the road for it to actually mm -hmm. realize what yeah. happened. And that was my favorite part. It's like, I, I, it was like two years later, I'm like, geez, this is still from that one event. Yeah. This is all still coming from that one event that I went to. But go back to that. You, what you did by going to that event was pivotal on so many levels. Most people don't do that. You went, you found an opportunity to go to a place that wasn't being sponsored, wasn't being funded, and you said, I'm just going to pay for it and I'm going to go. You knew in your heart that there was a good reason to go to it and look at all the stuff that came from it. So that's what I'm, I'm saying. Like there are, I think strategically we can place ourselves in environments and places that naturally allow us to bump into people and things to happen that are more advantageous, advantageous yeah. than others. I mean, just going to Starbucks is, could you make amazing contacts? Go to Starbucks in Silicon Valley. You're going to bump into really cool people. <laughs> get into, go, you know, I fly American Airlines all the time and I get upgraded all the time because I travel so much. I can't even tell you how many people I sit next to who are huge company executives doing great things in the world. I sat next to Sugar Ray Leonard a few months ago and we really? became buddies. Oh, we're totally, yeah, we totally became buddies. <laughs> we texted like 10 times that next week. But it's just, you, I think you, I think, yeah, of course, you'd be open to the possibilities, but the more strategic we are in the places that we put ourselves, going to conferences, going to events, going to, you know, go to Starbucks on one side of town instead of the other side of town. Be around people who are doing more interesting things and we're bound to have these things happen to mm -hmm. us. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's right in line with the, you just posted this to our website today, the idea of like breaking up with normal, right? And we talked about that. it, right? And we, we talked about it when we were, had Daniel DiPiazza on our show, but Lean into the weirdness, mm -hmm. right? Just because it's normal and expected doesn't mean it's the right thing. Or outside of your comfort zone. Right. You know, I mean, I'll get on planes and go to weird countries and I, mean, I don't call them weird, but, you know, go to different <laughs> countries and people are like, why are you going there? Great things happen. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll stay at hotels sometimes that are a little bit out of my price range just because it's a better place to be. But what happens? Like, I'm at a really great hotel last week in, in uh, Washington, D.C. In the elevator. Like, I, no, I walk out of my room, this other guy walks out of his room at the end of the hall, we start walking towards each other, and we just start laughing at our timing. We're in the elevator, we're talking, he's like, where are you from, LA? Where are you from, LA? Oh, um, where, you know, and I, did you just fly in? No, I flew in from Kenya. Oh, my son was just in Kenya. What was your son doing? He was with Damon John. He's Damon John's manager. No shit. And someone had just asked me, <laughs> and someone had just asked me if I knew Damon John for some event or something, and so he gives me his card, I give him my card, we wind up texting, we're trying to have drinks at the hotel all week, and then it didn't happen, so he writes me the other day, and he's like, I just want to make sure I connect you with my son, so now you're connected. Is that going to happen in, like, the hostel down the street? Probably not. Right. But because I made the choice to stay at a little bit nicer of a hotel, I was with people who were, yeah. you know? Well, and that plays directly into the point that you had mentioned earlier, which is um, when you've got people around you, namely family, mm -hmm. uh, who are like, why are you doing this thing? What's the immediate payoff? Yeah. Like, are you, like, I think I've gotten calls from my, my parents like six times on this trip saying so how are you making money on this trip and I'm like we're doing some consulting we're doing different things but like it's like that's always the ultimate question and I'm like it's this trip isn't about like going out for six weeks and making as much money as possible yeah. that's not what this trip was for this trip was for meeting people mm -hmm. um, face to face because we've been doing this podcast and we've been reaching out to people and like hey we always have to do it on phone and on Skype Yeah, I'd love to just like meet you guys and make it easier for you. Like, we can come to you. And, yeah. and that was one of the driving factors with, behind even doing this. And that's already led to us, like, you know, doing a podcast with the world's second um, best downhill longboarder. And, like, nice. things like that. Like, crazy <laughs> stuff that yeah. you, just, you would not know that, that was going to happen. And who knows what's going to happen three years down the road just because of this trip. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that, I mean, because it really is, it's like the relationships you develop, right? Totally. Like, 
even down and to the shag carpets. You get. Yeah, exactly. The shag got carpets spears and beer on. and shag carpets. Yeah. <laughs> Um, like, you know, we know everyone at the Movember office now because oh, that was we went there. the coolest experience. <laughs> They're really I cool. Love that experience. <laughs> like, like it's, it's that. It's uh, D. Piazza say, asking me, hey, do you want an introduction to Business Insider? Like, that doesn't happen if, mm-hmm. if we're, you know, across the you country. You can't bond the same in, way exactly. on the phone or Skype as exactly. you can in person. Yeah. Or you, I mean, you said, you're like, hey, my network is open or whatever yeah, you said. Yeah, what do you right? want? What do you need? Right? <laughs> you know, it's that kind of stuff. And now it's not... I think the, the relationships we develop are so much more genuine yeah. and it's like now it's okay it's Jen Kushnell who like hey we were in her house and we had this really cool yeah. time together versus oh it's Jen Kushnell founder of YSN and we had a phone call with her yeah. not that yeah. like you know our other podcasts haven't been cool but they've been on the phone but it's much different when we get to actually see how people like live yeah. and get to be you know two feet from them mm-hmm. and also I, you probably come up with other ideas for the podcast like maybe mm-hmm. you do photos now maybe you do video maybe you do online learning at some point right. like it's probably giving you a lot of thoughts for other stuff you can do now that you're meeting the human beings yeah on a different level yeah absolutely it's that and it's um i think too it's just it's like it puts a reason behind like why we're doing this, right? So, yeah. um, we've talked about this, in, you know, in several of our car conversations, which mm-hmm. you know, in eight-hour drives, we talk a lot. <laughs> but, or not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but this is that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> well, there has to be down periods, right? <laughs> but this is a radically different trip if we just go on this trip with no like thing attached to mm-hmm. it right if it's just like like i always say and tell people it's it kind of sucks when you have to just reach out and be like would you like to get coffee sometime so i can pick yeah. your brain yeah like that sucks but if you tell someone hey we're on this cool road trip mm-hmm. we're doing our podcast you get exposure out of it too yeah, yeah. and you know you'll have a good conversation that's more valuable than the I'd like. I'd really like to pick your brain. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'd like an informational interview. Please. Yeah, which is what which is what they told me from like day one oh, in college. God. You ask for information, and that's like okay, yeah, you have to do that sometimes. But there are more interesting ways you can meet people and find ways to. But what is them. an informational interview? Like I, the one I went on, that was the worst that's one terrible. I've ever done, and I think I've talked about it here before. But like literally, he was like, "Why are you here?" And I was like, "Oh, I gave a good elevator pitching class." And he's like, "Give it to me," and I was like. That was the one thing I didn't practice. I researched everything about your company. I research. I know literally everything about you, and I didn't think about myself at all. And I froze, and it was like 15 minutes. He's like, I got to get back to work. And I was like, this is the worst experience of my life. Yeah. Ended up making up for it a couple of years later, but getting coffee with the guy, but like, and not an informational interview, just getting to know him. But the whole thing being is like, what is an informational interview? It's just sitting there and like... It's it's asking the most contrived questions possible. It's so artificial. I honestly, I think almost everything that's being taught in career planning is is, is setting up artificial situations that are completely awkward, completely inauthentic. And it all needs to be reimagined. Um, actually, one thing I'm super excited about, we're, we're building a new online learning curriculum for career planning that nice. schools are starting to put in schools now. And it's literally on your cell phone. You can take it and interact. And I'm doing videos on it and all sorts of stuff. And it's like teaching in a whole different way. Because the schools don't teach career planning the right way. Teaching someone for six months to work on a resume when they have nothing to say on a resume and then... You know, shooting it out to a hundred different places, applying two hundred times to somebody it makes no sense anymore. It's all about relationships, and it's about certain strategies to put yourself in the right place to meet people. You know, how do you package yourself? How do you present yourself? If anyone would have given you the right advice, I would have said, "Be yourself and just be responsive." He wanted to see that you could think on your feet. Mm-hmm. He could have asked you about Pluto or whatever. Make a joke if you don't know what you're talking about. You know, but he wanted to see a real person. He didn't see a real person. He saw someone that was trying so hard to fit a mold that that wasn't working, that it became an awkward experience and you lost the opportunity. Absolutely. And well, and how many times in just anything we're doing are we trying to fit molds? Like all the time. Going back to what we said earlier where um, you know, you're sitting there trying to just do your daily work, but if you're constantly comparing yourself to other people or other companies, you're trying to fit other molds. And yeah, it's everything. The reason I, I never plan to go into curriculum development or anything like that, but I'm starting to do it like crazy with our team because I don't like what's being taught. I think it's wrong. And I think we need to learn how to be the best model of us. 
We need a model that applies to our lives, our businesses, our careers. We need to be able to opt to do something on our own or go work with someone else. There, there's so many different things that we can do, but it's all about building something that works for us, not about something that fits someone else's mold. And when we can do that, that's when we thrive. We need the context, we need the strategies, mm -hmm. we need to understand how to translate our world into someone else's world. We need to learn how to speak their language, world, live in their world, live in that different environment. But it's, it's just a whole different paradigm, I think, of what needs to happen so that all of these young people coming out of school feel more confident to go into the world. It's not about entitlement, it's not about deserving a job, no. But it's about understanding who are you? What do you offer? What's your value proposition? If I ask nothing else of someone going into an, a situation like that, it's what's your value proposition? Why are you worth him spending the 15 minutes with? What can you talk about? Can you entertain him? Can you give him great information? Can you give him insight on what it's like to be a student in, in school or what it's like to be 20-something in his industry or interested in his products? But it's like something that simple would have completely changed your dynamic. Or even just having a story to tell, like something that's interesting, like any of those points and like putting it into a story. Because I think one of the things that people aren't really taught in college, like I had the choice between studying abroad or doing my double major. Right. And I chose to do the double major. Guess what I don't ever talk about? Your double my major. double major. <laughs> Guess what would have been really interesting? Going abroad. <laughs> Going abroad and having some stories to tell. And it's like that's a great article right there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get an article from you on that. That's awesome. There you go. Or a like, video. Well, yeah. <laughs> and like the one time I I do go abroad with my friend, it's like to meet the study abroad group, and the most interesting things were like talking to them about what they're doing yeah. in their study abroad adventures. And so, yeah, I definitely agree. It's like this road trip, while it might not have the most tangible outcomes financially or something, it has the tangible podcast and the people we meet and all that good yeah. stuff. But the stories that are going to come from this are going to last us for the next five years. We've made everyone so paranoid about being good enough, about you know being qualified enough, about having the right experience a number of years. Like it's 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 made everyone so paranoid that they're not good enough. And what people, especially employers, want is the right attitude. Mm -hmm. They want people with great stories. They want people who are going to fit in their office and be cool people to work with, who are hardworking and willing to do stuff and not get stuck because the script ran out, the teleprompter stopped, or someone didn't tell you what to do one day. That's what's most important. It's being authentic, showing up, being eager, wanting to do something, and putting in the hard work, mm -hmm. you know? That's what's more important than any qualifications, any degree, any certification. There are a ton of people in the world running around with certifications that can't find jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my only company I worked for out of college, the person who interviewed me, who was then like my quasi manager, the interview that we had within two minutes, resume wasn't on the table and we were talking like he saw I did sports broadcasting in college yeah. and we talked about like he's a Tigers fan I was a Cubs fan yeah. that's what we talked about basically baseball for the next 30 minutes mm -hmm. and I knew the second I walked out that door I said to myself I'm, I'm getting this job mm -hmm. and you know what I found out later was like once I had been hired by them talking to another coworker, he was like oh yeah I was there that day too and when when he walked out of the room and you left he was like we're gonna hire him and you know whose apartment we're staying in this entire week now? Is that guy. You're kidding. Oh, no yeah. way. I didn't realize yeah. that. Wow. That, that was a, is his story. Yeah. It's all about the relationships. It really is. There's no more valuable tip in the world in career planning, business building, anything. It's relationships. And if you can be a cool person, meet other cool people, establish you know, some rapport, and offer value, yeah. that's all you need. You know, And show that you're a good person, good integrity, mm -hmm. good work ethic, and you can actually deliver something of value. That's the essence of it all. Well, and even down to the, I, what I really like that you said that is it's not only it's the combination of the relationships and the whole like know yourself, be yourself mm -hmm. thing, because I can't tell you how many times I have been told to craft an email in a certain way. Right. Versus what did I do at the bar at midnight in Portland when we knew we were coming to San Francisco in a day? Um, you know, Ramit Sethi. OK. Um, he's an entrepreneur. Yeah. And. He's someone who we follow like religiously because yeah. his content is that good. And never reached out to him before, but I could have spent like, you know, so long thinking, what's the right way to write this email, that kind of stuff? Yeah. How do I be professional? And I said, 
hey Ramit, we're coming through San. Or I said like ID eleven or in San Francisco this yeah. week. Podcast question mark uh, as the title. Nice. And it was uh, something like, hey Ramit, um, I'm coming through San Francisco in the next week. Um, would love to have you on our show. We talk about really dope shit. Uh, let's have a kick-ass <laughs> conversation together. Within an and within an hour, he got back. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna be out of town. I'm so sorry." And I was like, "Do you want to do something over the phone?" He's like, "Not right now because I'm focused on this." And I just said, "All right, cool. We'll get in. T- we'll reach back out in a couple months." Yeah. Which is more response than the people that write like ten paragraph emails that they've slaved yeah. over for two months. Yeah. And he actually just copy paste those into his emails and says, please don't yeah. send me these. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Actually, it's, it's very similar story. I have a friend, um, Morgan, who's a little bit crazy, but awesome. She sells very expensive tile to for restaurants and hotels and stuff like that, stuff from Italy, you know? And so mm-hmm. people, so she went to work for this different company and they're like, they wanted all her contacts. And she was the one who sold to all the Vegas hotels and restaurants. And she'd go up partying with them all night long. They were all her best friends, texting everything. So this new person comes up and she's like, I want to send these documents to your friend at, you know, the this hotel and this hotel. And she's like, don't even come near me with any of that stuff. If you send anything like that, that will destroy my relationship mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what's up, bitches? You know, on text. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, this is a Bellagio hotel. <laughs> and so she's closing millions and millions of dollars of deals because she has that intimate relationship. Yeah. That sometimes all that artificial stuff of how you should be just makes it not not the way that certain people want to communicate, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, I, I know that, you know, it, it happens all the time. I mean, when you have rapport with people, you can communicate with them on a whole different level. I have another friend working with the luxury travel industry, and she specializes in Middle East clients mm-hmm. in London. And so she has, like, shakes and their families texting her order saying like we're coming in with 12 people we our budget's like 200 grand this week or there is no budget and 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 like <laughs> the head of, yeah and the head of sales is like did you send them a proposal she's like no no, no. yeah they texted me and they you know like seven sentences and and that's it and the people who do that kind of business are the ones who are the most successful. It's when you can have that level of rapport where the, the technicalities don't matter anymore. That's where things change. Business Week, this curriculum, I got called by Bloomberg, Bloomberg Business Week, one of the biggest companies. And they said, we have a project we want you to do. It's really cool. But I said, okay, what do you need? Do you want my capabilities deck? Do you want like our history, our client base? She's like, no, we know who you are. Don't worry. When you get to that point, but in the past, I would have been like spending 45 hours staying up until four in the morning, trying to perfectly articulate what work we had done, what our history was, why they should hire us, the whole entire thing. But I got to a point because of the relationship. It's like, don't worry, we got it. We know who you are. That's awesome. And we, we've both done uh, mentorship for uh, DePaul University. Nice. Um, and one of the things that drives me absolutely crazy, because we've talked about how career centers do not teach you how to do this. Like, if you're a mentor, you are getting all people from one place, mm-hmm. one career center. Yeah. And every single one of them is given the exact same form letter to send you. Because they're like, come to the ASK program. Here's the form letter. Send it out to 300 people. and no, see. No, no. And, like, I've gotten the same thing so many times that it's all that changes is the name. I can't. Sometimes they don't. Remember to change the name. Yeah. No, their own name. Yeah. Their own oh, name. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I don't even know if mine is But you're right. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like that kind of stuff versus um, we got an introduction uh, from one of our friends for a podcast, and he did it. He did an audio introduction for us. He recorded well, something. Matt. That's how we got it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Matt, Matt did an Matt. audio introduction. Matt's been referenced on every episode of Astro Trip. That is so awesome. <laughs> In one that. way or another. I love him. <laughs> Yeah, and so like that audio introduction is so much different. It just stands out so much more, and I thought that was just really awesome. Yeah. Well, and then we, well, then you did that to introduce two other people. Yeah, but she didn't like it. Oh, really? <laughs> so it doesn't always work for everybody. But that's when you know. But I had a, a good enough rapport with that person that she was like, well, she was like, oh, thanks for the thing. I was like, how how was the audio intro? Like, did you enjoy that? And she's like, you know, it ended up making me have to open something, and like, oh, this is too much. I was like, all right, good to know for you, and mm-hmm. moving on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, I think. So, okay, let's talk about the idea of um, if, if, like, relationship is key mm-hmm. and the whole being yourself thing is key, which are things that we know and we've kind of built our life around. Yeah. 
what's like the first step then? How do, how do we get people to that point of being more comfortable with yourself and establishing, uh, establish actually sounds too frou-frou. No, it's a great, no, up, it's, but, it's true. Um, just developing the right relationship. I think you start to recognize that you're a brand. You're a package. When you present yourself to the world, starting to really critically analyze, like, what are you putting out there? Just simply Google yourself. See what comes up. Look at the photos that pop up. Is that what you want to be sharing? You know, I think we have to curate the story of who we are and what we offer, regardless of whether it's for a business or, you know, a startup. Package ourselves thoughtfully. I'm careful about what I put online. I mean, yeah, I put a lot of personal stuff on Facebook, but I've got thousands of people now following me. I have to be cognizant that, yeah, it's a mix of friends, it's a mix of people from seventh grade, but it's also people from the State Department. And it's editors of magazines. And and so I'm I'm thoughtful about that. But I think it's important that you know, when you're when you're kind of starting to tell your own story, that one you you kind of understand it. Um, you understand, you package it in a certain way. Not to say it's artificial, but it's thoughtful. I mean, we do actually a lot of what we're building into this curriculum and the stuff we're doing for Bloomberg is about talking about these things. You know, what, what's the story you want to tell? What's the story of you? Like, who are you? Where do you come from? How do you answer that question? You know, I do this one exercise that I'm putting in schools all over the place where it's like, okay, we're going to do a chronology of your life from zero to now. Like, start mapping it out. What happened to you? What's going on? The fact that maybe, you know, your father died or someone got cancer or you were in a horrible a car accident or whatever, this is all part of your life. This is who you are. And when you start looking at all this stuff, you start to formulate a story. And then when you start looking at where you want to go, then you come up with some big plan, some big dream ideal, build a plan about that. And you start formulating a strategy. You start building your life around that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's a much cooler way to build your mm-hmm. life <laughs> anything I've then seen about buzzwords yeah <laughs> buzzwords right use the right I mean yeah use the right terminology but if I say to you terminology is important because every industry has about a hundred words that yeah. are their language investment banking publishing teaching whatever it is learn the hundred words and you and and anyone will hire you because they they get you they you get it mm-hmm. but it's like that's such a simple concept so I feel like so much of the stuff that is critical can be distilled really easily. It could be explained really simply. Yeah. And it's transformative, completely transformative. Yeah. So I'm, I'm super excited. Like in my career right now, we're finally in a place where we've gotten the credibility, we've gotten the background, where big, big companies are saying, you go build it for us. And teachers are saying, we'll take what you give us and put it in the schools. Again, I wasn't thinking I wanted to build curriculum. I wasn't, that was not my plan. But the idea that now, you know, next year 8,000 students are literally getting our videos, our stuff. That's badass. And we're, we're helping them decide their life and what they're doing. And I trust me, none of them are going on informational interviews. None of them are spending too much time on resumes. They're not scouring LinkedIn all day long. I mean, like, it's just a whole different process. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think, um, so one of the things... Martin and I do very well for Ideal Lemon is help people answer, tell me about yourself. Mm-hmm. And what we had, we were doing a workshop once and someone was like, you know, because the way we teach is, is pretty different than what most colleges or what, you know, you're yeah. taught to do where you're like, uh, my job is this and, yeah, you know, it's like it's stupid, right? So one time one, someone asked, he was like, do people actually want to hear this? Like, it's he's like, it's just like kind of awkward. And I was like, well, it's awkward because you haven't tried it before. But the thing is, like, this is so radically different than what everyone else is doing. Yeah. You will immediately stand out. Like, if everyone else is saying, this is my job and this is where I live. Yeah. Why would they remember any of those people versus if you're the one who's like, hey, I'm driven by... In my case, I'm driven by finding the most authentic version of myself and everyone around me. Nice. Like, why? How are they not going to be like, wait, tell me more? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, also context matters. Again, are you at a cocktail party at Goldman Sachs, or are you, you know, in your bus going across the country, you mm-hmm. know, doing doing events, or are you doing college events? Like, where you are dictates a lot about how you present yourself. Yeah. And so, I think getting your story down, and then but figuring out how to spin that. Totally is, is yeah. critical beyond words. Well, and I like the point that you said about, you know, using all the stories, like the the heartbreak stories, everything. Like yeah. the, the we were talking with one of our clients the other day and 
um, there's like a death that inspired mm-hmm. part of what yeah. they do. And it's like that gives people things to connect over. That gives people the ability to go, oh, the guard is down. I'm not being fake. I can actually talk to you as a real person. It humanizes. Exactly. And so like what you, the key for all these things, like if you're just talking about the weather and your job and where you live, you're never going to get down to like who is this person and all you'll leave with is business cards yeah. and no relationship. Yeah. And I remember back in college, what they taught us was go up and get 20 business cards. That was the goal? No, the goal should be leave here with one person that you've had a real conversation with and yeah. tell me what that conversation yeah. was. And I the know. 20 business cards, I, I get it. I don't like it as much, but I, because some people will be like, give me your card, give me your card. Right. You know, that's, and that's the worst way to yeah. network or, or do anything. Or they'll sneak up to the table and just yeah. Yeah. But the whole point <laughs> of it is just go meet 20 people. Yeah. Have a conversation with 20 people, you know, enough so that they hand you a card. Mm-hmm. But it's just, people don't get it, you know, and so it becomes this, have you ever been to an event where people just start handing out cards? Like, I don't even know your I name. I just made it rain. I don't no, even know, yeah, I mean, I don't even that's know That's why name. we started Ideal Women in the first place. Because originally, we didn't like standard networking, and we just mm-hmm. decided to just host our own events at first. Nice. And because it was what we broke it down to was there's three people at a networking event. There's I'm looking for a job, please hire me. Yeah. And like desperately hire me. Mm-hmm. There's I have a job, please buy from me. And there's I'm single, let's hook up. Person three is not the wow. worst in the world if you're also single. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on if it's an open bar at the end. <laughs> but what it turns into is just this like sea of business card sharks. Yeah. Oh, I love it. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I think what's kind of kind of crux to all of this stuff, because we're talking about tenacity and we're talking about how to keep yourself motivated. Relationships keep you motivated mm-hmm. and knowing your story keeps you motivated because you're kind of coming from some, you're, you're Drake. You're starting from the bottom, now you're here. <laughs> and uh, all those things are great. And I think one of the things that we've done to keep ourselves motivated is go out and just do things. Like, the, there's we were talking in the car how much uh, how in other countries they'll do a gap year yeah and that gap year kind of sets the tone for people's careers because yeah. they have time to actually think yeah. and try things and do things and meet people and mm-hmm. hear about what's out there like if when I graduated I didn't know the different industries that I could go into yeah. all I knew was marketing this company needs a marketer go mm-hmm. and start making money immediately and that kind of loses out on why am I going to this company over this yeah. company. And so I think taking the time to go out there and actually experience some stuff mm-hmm. is what keeps you motivated. So if you're constantly traveling to new countries yeah. to do things, and in every country you go to, you say, I travel to do these things, then they'll say, oh, come to this country. Yeah. And that keeps you motivated because you're always, you've always got something new, not just the same office every single day. Yeah. You've got something kind of keeping you inspired and keeping things fresh. Like coming to this area, mm-hmm. we pulled up and you could see the beach and you could see the sky, but you couldn't see the water where we parked. And I was like, this looks like a scene out of Star Wars. <laughs> I'm like, I I'm never like, thought about it I'm like way. waiting for a stormtrooper to just crest over that hill and like oh, come running at us. And like that kind of a thing just got me like. I thought you were going to say Baywatch or something. I wouldn't mind if that happened too. <laughs> Which beach is the Baywatch beach? It was Venice, right? Yeah, down yeah. The street. I was, because I was over at another beach and where I guess Baywatch was filmed and we were walking around like it's too cold and no one's running. I guess I got to do <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> That's funny. All right, we need to come to a close, unfortunately. Um, Before we do, um, where can our audience find you, Jan? What are you working on? Oh, thank you. Um, um, So our website is ysn.com. It stands for Your Success Now. And um, forever I've been working on trying to create tools and resources for young people globally who are trying to figure out what to do with their lives and build a plan to kind of get make an impact in the world. So we kind of help young leaders, young entrepreneurs in over 160 countries um, just really maximize their experience in the world. And uh, YSN now, um, we've kind of transitioned it to be almost, I'm, I'm trying to make it into like a, like a mini Huffington Post of all the cool stuff you can do in the world. And it's very global. It's very focused on get in a plane, get on a train, go somewhere, go do something. Um, there's just a lot of really cool stuff now for young people who are ambitious, who are eager to try something new, build careers and all that. And so we've got contributors coming together from over 100 countries and we're talking about the podcast and volunteerism, um, podcasting and volunteerism and entrepreneurial development and jobs and scholarships and all sorts of cool stuff you can do. And if you want to work for the State Department, you want to work for foreign governments, like 
just kind of making the world a candy store of opportunity because that's what huh. I think it is. A candy store of opportunity. 50 Cent would be first in line. Yes. He could use <laughs> yeah. the money now too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Fiddy. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So I uh, opened up a candy shop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so to close the show, we go around the room here and we each give our respective answer to the topic question for this episode. We'll start with Martin, close with you. Okay. Martin, what's your answer to how do you stay tenacious based on what we discussed? You stay tenacious by continuing to seek out new things uh, that will stimulate the work you're doing. So new people, new places. My answer is you stay tenacious by being very okay with not knowing a definitive outcome, and you become okay with not knowing a definitive outcome by understanding what actually drives you. Love that. And to build on that, I think you have some sort of mission that's clear in your life. And when you can get to that point, you live based on that. You make all your decisions based on that. For me, it's to ensure no driven young person anywhere in the world lacks access to opportunity to fulfill their potential. So every day I wake up and I try to make that possible, that more and more people can get access to stuff that they need to get where they want to be in the world. Love it. Jennifer Krishnell, thank you for joining us on our show. Thank you. It was awesome <laughs> to see you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you can hang out on my shag and rug anytime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wrapped up our conversation with Jen Krishnell. Jen, thank you for joining us. That was such a fun conversation. Uh, I think we left... We left your house and we went to go get late lunch afterwards and we were just kind of like grinning from ear to ear because it was so fun to hang out with you and you were really gracious to have us in your home and, and ha let us hand handle your Maasai warrior spear. I need to find out what that shag carpet was because I'm going to replace my bed with it. It's so <laughs> Wait, well, well, it's shag. <laughs> Which kind? <laughs> There's only one. There's only one shit. I doubt that's yeah. true. Well, there's v yeah, baby. There's VW. Whoa. There's VW Van Shag. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll catch up with you on our next podcast. We have one more out of LA that we're really stoked to bring to you. So stay tuned for that. Be sure to follow along on our road trip by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes, as well as going to idealemon.com, subscribing to our newsletter. We're documenting our journey and we're connecting with people along the way. It's pretty awesome. And on the social medias, you can get us on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at Idea Lemon. Instagram, Outstagram. We will see you on the open road. Take care. <laughs>